0: From deep inside your audio device of choice. May I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? There has been a fire emergency recording in the building. Please evacuate the building by the nearest exit. Do not use the elevators. Well, that was my greeting this morning. When I entered the uh, New Orleans Dome. so um, the flames are licking at me, but you know I'm determined to do a show, ladies and gentlemen, and and uh, these penny ante fires are not going to stop me. Um, <laughs> after uh, oh, the truckle was related to a name I was going to say, President Trump. After the alleged suicide of financier slash pedophile, slash sex trafficker, Jeffrey Epstein, on the weekend, (laughs) President Trump tweeted or retweeted a comedian. He doesn't retweet me, but I'm really not a comedian. Uh, Retweeted a comedian's theory that the, quote, the Clintons, unquote, were somehow responsible for the mysterious death of said Jeffrey Epstein. And uh, sure enough, ladies and gentlemen, Um, I was unable, I was able to unearth uh, a quote from Bill Clinton back in 2002. I've known Jeff, referring to Jeffrey Epstein, for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It's even said he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. No doubt about it. Jeffrey enjoys his social life. Unquote Bill. No, I'm sorry. That's President Trump said that. Um. Now, a couple of weeks ago a um it was not widely noted because uh he wasn't world famous <laughs> the way I am. Um but a remarkable satirist passed away, had a, a an amazing life, Paul Krasner, uh, a friend of mine, uh and and an inspiration. He was um always mordant and always fearless and um published this rascally little magazine uh, in uh, the 1960s called the realist which was nervy enough and uh, as i say uh, he he did pass away a couple weeks ago and so uh, in his honor i guess i wrote the uh, the following tweet yesterday and i want to share it with you today because it's still timely um we we are advised that uh, Medical attempts to revive Jeffrey Epstein were delayed because, uh, as per his instructions, CPR was only to be administered by a 14-year-old girl. Hello, welcome to the show.
1: Some love you had a blast Some loving it happened so fast, you said it goes crazy for me Those summer days drifting away that you told her that you'd still be friends do you wonder
0: From New Orleans, Louisiana, where uh, Apple MacBooks don't burn CDs anymore. I'm Harry Shearer. Welcome you to this edition of the show. And now, ladies and gentlemen, that's a CD playing. How about that? Because it's a radio station. Never heard of such a thing? America's agricultural landscape is now 48 times more toxic to honeybees and probably other instrument, uh, insects, too, than it was 25 years ago. This according to uh, a study published in the journal PLOS One. Well, I would be two if you're... It's almost entirely due to widespread use of so-called neonicotinoid pesticides, of course. I say of course because... Some radio show's been talking about that for years. And it's not Rush Limbaugh. This enormous rise in toxicity matches the sharp declines in bees, butterflies, and other pollinators, as well as breeds, according to the co-author of the study, who's at friends of the Earth, well, they, they, like, the, they like the Earth. They've got a bias. This is the second silent spring, says Kendra Klein, the staff scientist there. Neonics are like a new DDT except they're a thousand times more toxic to bees than DDT was. It's a DDDDT. Using a new tool that measures toxicity to honeybees, the length of time a pesticide remains toxic, and the amount used in a year, the researchers from three institutions determined that the new generation of pesticides has made agriculture far more toxic to insects. But not to us. We're fine, because we only eat the... Honeybees are used as a proxy for all insects. I'm sure they appreciate that. The EPA does the same thing when requiring toxicity data for the registration of pesticides. Neonics accounted for 92% of this increased toxicity. They're not only incredibly toxic to honeybees, they can remain... I'll get that. They can remain toxic for more than a 1,000 days in the environment. The good news, says the researcher, is we don't need neonics. The bad news is we're using them. We have uh, four decades of research and methods that... that, uh, Agri- ag- agroecological, there you go, a new word, department, agroecological farming methods can grow our food without decimating pollinators. As insects have declined, the numbers of insect-eating birds have plummeted for the obvious reason. There has also been a widespread decline in nearly all bird species. Says, uh, Steve Holmer of the American Bird Conservancy explaining that nearly every bird needs to eat insects at some point in their life cycle. Neonics are used on over 140 different agricultural crops in more than 120 countries. So it's not a big deal. They attack the central nervous system of insects, causing overstimulation of their nerve cells. Well, they they have a good time for a while. Then comes paralysis and death. But overstimulation, come on. They are systemic insecticides, which means plants absorb them and incorporate the toxin into all of their tissues, stems, leaves, pollen, nectar, sap. Why, that means we're... It also means neonics are in the plant 24-7, from seed to harvest, including dead leaves. Nearly all the use of neonics is for coating seeds. We've discussed this including almost all corn and oilseed rape seed. I said oilseed rape. The majority of soy and cotton seeds and many yard plants from garden centers Only 5% of the toxin ends up in the corn or soy, soy plant. That's the good news. The bad news is the rest ends up in the soil and the environment. Neonics readily dis- dissolve in water, much like us, meaning what's used on the farm won't stay on the farm. Hello, dead zone. They've contaminated streams, ponds, wetlands, and obviously now the Gulf of Mexico. This is the first study to quantify how toxic toxic agricultural lands have become for insects. It shows toxic... I'll be fine. It shows toxicity levels rapidly increased when treating seeds with neonics really took off. That's also when beekeepers began to see declines in bee numbers, according to the researchers. Those are correlations, not causations and the study did not look at the many documented non-lethal impacts of neonics on bees including impaired reproduction well that's not lethal but altered immune function that's not le- and inability to navigate effectively it's like they're drunk or something drunk on neonics i'll tell you that overstimulation it's, it's everything is cracked up to be say the bees the bees ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you about the bees sometime now. Let us try. It is, of course, the motto of the United States Army Corps of Engineers. As I've said other times on this program, you might, when dealing with an agency that uh, handles life and death matters, prefer uh, one with a motto, let us get it right the first time, but that's not what we have. Now, Dateline, Richland, Washington... Up to 300 gallons of oil may have leaked into the Snake River or snaked into the Leek River from a power-generating turbine at Lower Monumental Dam. The Tri-City Herald reports that the Army Corps of Engineers reported... Well, there's double reporting. Uh, the Army Corps reported the suspected spill this week. It's unclear when it happened. That's good reporting. The Army Corps disclosed the incident to regulators and the environmental group Columbia Riverkeeper... Under the terms of a 2014 settlement agreement, which ended a lawsuit, the riverkeeper had sued to stop oil releases from the eight dams on the lower Snake and Columbia Rivers. That's where the salmon go, you know, to spawn. The group issued a statement this week calling the most recent disclosure the latest in a series of spills that highlight the threat posed by four dams on the Snake River that are aging. I don't leak oil. I'm aging, and I... The Corps reported that 200 to 300 gallons of unspecified, quote, turbine oil may have leaked from a turbine shaft at the Lower Monumental Dam. You see, the thing is, ladies and gentlemen, dams can leak oil, we now learn. At least when they're built by the us try people The United States Army Corps of Engineers. Some oil leaked somewhere from something. That's their reporting. So far. But, you know... They'll get back to us just as soon as um, they try to. Hello. And those are my keys falling down. It's a morning where there's fire in the building and the keys are falling. Does that tell you something about the age we're living in, ladies and gentlemen? Well, that's all right. (laughs) Just leave them over there. Um, Now, promises made. It is... um, reported somewhere that this week <laughs> President Trump held uh, two big money fundraisers in um, I believe it was the Hamptons out in uh, Long Island it was uh, noteworthy because Steve Ross who used to be in the real estate business and uh, now owns equinox and life cycle uh, sorry soul cycle um was holding one of the fundraisers and that prompted a um, at least an attempt on the part of Soul Cycle and Equinox customers patrons you might exercisers to um, boycott the outfit because of uh, Ross's involvement with a Trump fundraiser and they it did reportedly raise millions and millions of dollars but there was a promise made, as I recall, in uh, 2016. I'll say, sorry, fellas, no interest, because I don't need anybody's
1: money. It's
2: nice. I don't need anybody's money. I'm using my own money. I'm not using the lobbyists. I'm not using donors. I don't care. I'm really rich.
0: <laughs> that seems so long ago now, doesn't it? That's like ancient history. That's like dinosaur time. That's like pterodact- a pterodactyl said that yeah all right, anyway, promises made dot 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 dot. But now, Dominion, we have it. We're proud of it. We don't care who knows it. The National Park Service plans to shoot a few elk native to California in a park near San Francisco. The move has in well, it's angered some environmental groups that accuse the agency of putting cattle ranchers ahead of the needs of preservation. And elk. Elk, too. Here's more on that story from our reporter on the scene, me, who's on the the scene is here. The federal agency released a draft plan, the the federal agency, the National Park Service, calling for a restriction of 100 tule elk. A restriction. You guys are being restricted. (laughs) Uh, At Point Reyes National Seashore, the elk have come into conflict with local ranchers, We say the animals are grazing on grass meant for their cattle. They're not endangering their cattle. They're just eating the grass, you see. The elk number less than 6,000, the smallest elk species in North America. They're only found in California. According to the agency's draft plan, it estimates it could cull or kill 10 to 15 elk per year. Estimated 124 live in the park, although their numbers are increasing. A third of the park is used for agriculture. Uh, The senior conservation advocate with the Center for Biological Diversity diversity said the proposal will potentially harm other wildlife. This is a shockingly anti-wildlife plan, he says. Killing these elk will do nothing to fix or reduce the environmental damage caused by cattle ranching. What is the park service thinking, he asks rhetorically. Sparkswoman for the park, Melanie Gunn, come on. Come on, I don't write them. I just read them. Park spokesperson Melanie Gunn said employees would probably kill a few tule elk throughout the year, making sure to kill an even ratio of males and females. Hey, this is modern. This is progress. The meat from the elk would be donated to local charities, according to Melanie Gunn. The Park Service drafted the proposal as a part of a settlement after wildlife and environmental groups sued the agency three years ago, claiming it failed to consider the park's preservation by renewing... The leases to cattle ranchers, because that 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 grass is meant meant for their cows, meant for it, like it's got a label. Don't don't eat it if you're not a cow. And more Dominion, we run this place, we own it, we can do freshwater megafish, giants weighing more than oh here we go. <laughs> Nature now gives us kilograms. Okay, thirty kilograms. Okay, you got it that can live for decades, declined, did they, freshwater megafish, by more than 94%. It's like they're eating bees or something. Between 1972 and 2012, the findings are published in the journal Global Change Biology, part of an analysis that looked at the populations of enormous freshwater animals in rivers and lakes. The drop-off reflects a broader downward trend in the populations of freshwater megafauna, such as caimans and giant salamanders. Ugh! Oh, I'm sorry, I love them, around the world. Study authors estimate the populations of big freshwater animals have fallen by 88%. If that ain't Dominion, I don't know what is. We're killing them off. Get out of here, Caymans. It's really a very shocking result, says Feng ji a fish ecologist at uh, the Institute of Freshwater Ecology in Berlin, lead study author. His team estimates that megafauna populations started dropping in the 1980s in Asia, they have plummeted by 99%. Okay, we're real close. we are I can smell it from here. The team collected data on the populations of 126 large freshwater species from 72 countries. They analyzed the data using the Living Planet Index. I don't know why you'd have an index like that for this planet. They expected megafish to be hit the hardest by human activities such as overfishing and loss of habitat. Many giant fish species mature late, have relatively few offspring, and require large habitats for migration. Well, it's almost like us. We can live in tiny apartments. Their movements are increasingly hampered by hydroelectric dams in the world's great river basins, such as the Mekong, Congo, Amazon, and Ganges. Not to mention the oil leaks. Of the more than 200 freshwater animal species in the world larger than 30 kilograms, 34 are critically endangered. Researchers don't have enough information on many of the large species to determine their conservation status. It might be possible to help some species in danger of extinction to recover if scientists did have accurate data on the populations. He hopes his team's findings prompt more detailed assessments in places such as Southeast Asia before it's too late. He says, it might be worse than we think in the Mekong Basin where mega fish like the Mekong giant catfish and the giant salmon carp have almost been eliminated, he says. The giant salmon carp. If it can't, if it has a, that big of a identity problem, are you a salmon or are you a carp? Then I, you know, I don't think there's much hope. But there's never hope when we've got Dominion.
3: No, 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 no. It's all in my mind. We know every, everything's on all- of summer The jasmine's in bloom July is dressed up and played Feel the arms reaching out to hold me In the evening when the day is through
0: From New Orleans, this is Le Show, where we um, we're just wishing for a summer breeze. It would be—it's a nice idea. And now, ladies and gentlemen, news of the godly—they're so godly today. I daren't. Well, yes, I dare. Uh, And that's news of something else. Um The Godly, as I say. We got 'em right here. And uh it starts with the idea of lynching. In case you thought that lynching's something only happening in the United States. Good news they're happening in India right now, as we well, probably not right now, they're sleeping. A cow related lynching, as a matter of fact. In the state of Jharkhand, not prosecuted by police, unnoticed by the public, the incident has become a symbol of the Indian government's handling of religious hate crimes, according to Deutsche Welle, German broadcaster. Over the last five years, India has seen an outbreak of religious hate crimes. Well, welcome to the club, babe. With Oh, did I go falsetto? With an average of one happening every week. Many of them have drawn mass protests, social media outrage, hashtags. Hashtags? and even a response from the government. But this particularly heinous case has fallen through the cracks, drew little attention and outrage despite the brutality and injustice experienced by the victims. A 55-year-old this year in April, a member of a Christian tribe, was lynched by a mob of Hindu villagers who suspected him of slaughtering a cow in the central Indian state of Jharkhand. Three other tribals from his village were also attacked, leaving them grievously injured. Police investigation has shown that his death, Prakash Lakta might have been as much a result of police complicity as it was of the violent mob. The investigation revealed how he and the the victims were ignored by the police for over an hour and a half as they lay on the street writhing in pain after having been attacked for over four hours. The police have now gone on to charge the three surviving victims on charges of cow slaughter, an offense under local laws that can lead to 10 years of imprisonment or a fine of 10,000 rupees. $140. $140. The, pl- the complaint against them was lodged by the mob that lynched Lakda. Well, that's fair. They must know what they're doing. The lynching itself and the official response to it are symbolic of the Indian state's handling of these crimes and the law road to justice for victims. The uh, outbreak of hate crimes has been concurrent with the term of the current Hindu nationalist government under Prime Minister Nare- Narendra Modi. 276 such religious bias-driven hate crimes, according to Hate Crime Watch. In the five years preceding Modi's tenure, only 24 cases. So, more than 10 times as many. This is the same Prime Prime Minister Modi, who this week announced that he's um, rescinding the special status of Kashmir, which was guaranteed when partition occurred between India and Pakistan. That's going well. I'm sure the Chinese are watching that with some glee since Hong Kong has special status too. But more about News of the Godly. Correspondence penned by disgraced ex-Cardinal Theodore McCarrick to the young men he's accused of sexually abusing or harassing, a window into the way a predator grooms his prey, according to two abuse prevention experts who reviewed it for the Associated Press. Flattery, familiarity, and boasts about his own power. That's what the letters contain. Visceral evidence of how a globe-trotting bishop made young, vulnerable men feel special and then made them feel more special, or no, actually less. The AP exclusively published correspondence McCarrick wrote to three men. Access to an archbishop for young men seeking to become priests is, quote, a key piece of the grooming process here, said one of the experts, Monica Applewhite. Pope, defrocked, Pope, uh, Francis the talking Pope, defrocked McCarrick in February after a church investigation determined he sexually abused minors as well as adult seminarians. Age is no dis- The case has created a credibility crisis for the hierarchy since McCarrick's misconduct was reported to some U.S. and Vatican higher-ups, but he nevertheless remained an influential cardinal until he became a lower-down last year. McCarrick has declined to comment on his case, saying he was innocent but accepted the Vatican decision. His lawyer, J. Michael (laughs) Riddy, declined to comment on the correspondence. Um, One of the uh, victims, the first child McCarrick baptized, James Grine, began being sexually abused by McCarrick when he was 11, including during confession and at family weddings and holiday celebrations. Grine said McCarrick's exalted place in the family over three generations created pressure on him to visit with McCarrick during weekends away from boarding school. Visits when he would be molested. If I didn't go to see Theodore, I was always going to be asked by my brothers and sisters or my dad, why don't you go see him? Oh, I went falsetto again. The family dynamic is in the postcards that McCarrick sent to Grein. Signed, love to all, your uncle, father, Ted. Unquote. Not the one you're thinking of from the famous British TV series, by the way. He was a funny one. A postcard visit to, vis, visible to the family, says Applewhite, is the most open form of communication, was likely to, meant to show Grine that what McCarrick was doing wasn't wrong. Former seminarians recounted how McCarrick would invite groups of young men for weekends fishing or at his beach house, always inviting one extra so that someone would be forced to share his bed. McCarrick later denied ever having had sexual relations with anyone, but acknowledged, quote, an unfortunate lack of judgment, unquote, in sharing a bed with the men, in, according to an email to the Vatican he sent in 2008. seminarian later wrote to another bishop he'd witnessed McCarrick and other would-be priests engaging in sexual activity during a fishing trip, I'll say, and that McCarrick had groped him during an overnight stay at McCarrick's Manhattan apartment. He said he vomited in the bathroom that night because of the trauma. In a letter to him soon after, McCarrick wrote, I just want to say thanks for coming on Friday evening. I really enjoyed our visit. We have an almost full house, and by tomorrow the couches and maybe the floor will be taken, but we would have, we would have made room even for a big guy like you, unquote McCarrick. In a sign of possible concern, he added, P.S. Do you even get my letters? News of the godly, ladies and gentlemen, it's a, it is such a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. I I can't even begin to tell you. So, the uh, Sunday yak shows are um, chewing over not so much Jeffrey Epstein—that's an ugly figure of speech—but um, not so much the Jeffrey Epstein case, but um, the mass. Killings, the mass shootings that occurred last weekend, and um, whether <laughs> the current occupants' uh, rhetoric, did or didn't have anything to do with the eruption of um, hate, hate-related uh, violence that's occurred in this country. Nutty coincidence, I'd say. Nutty. Now there, there have been uh, notable. Cases of misspeaking this week, as that conversation, <laughs> conversation, has continued. Um, Joe Biden, notably, located the uh, shootings which occurred in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas. He said they occurred occurred in Michigan and Houston. But that's Joe Biden, and he's not president. The the president. He referred to the uh, Dayton, Ohio shooting this way in his teleprompter speech.
2: May God bless the memory of those who perished in Toledo. May God protect them.
0: Protect them from those inhales.
2: person that you have never met My daughter's married to a Jewish guy How tolerant can you get If people couldn't get army guns They'd get a hold of army knives There's never been a president so devoted saving human lives. Human lives. I love them. I comfort grieving loved ones. It's the heartbeat of my creed. Jim.
0: Trump's uh, social media guy, Dan Scavino, attempted to clean up the uh, misstatement by saying that the, the folks in Dayton, in the hospitals, greeted him like a rock star.
3: It's cool. with nectar
0: Ladies and gentlemen, news of our friend, the Atom. Clean, save, too cheap to meet
2: her. Save, safe, too cheap to meet her. same save, too safe to meet her.
0: same save, too to meet her. To uh, one ton of plutonium is now no longer in uh, South Carolina. It's somewhere else. Is a victory in court for South Carolina. The ton has been shipped out of state, according to the state's attorney general, removed from the Savannah River site by the Department of Energy, moved because South Carolina had sued the federal government to uphold the law and get rid of some of the plutonium housed at the Savannah River site. Congress had passed a law requiring the plutonium be removed by January 1st, 2016, if... The mixed oxide fuel facility's production objective was not met by January 1, 2014. The federal government withdrew support for that facility, the MOX, as it's called, meaning the objective was not fulfilled, and therefore they needed to remove the plutonium. A federal judge sided with South Carolina. The ton of weapons-grade plutonium had been removed. The attorney general said that it was a victory for South, Carolina, for South Carolinians and the rule of law. Here's the killer piece of information buried way down at the bottom of the story. Information on where the ton of plutonium was taken was not available. I got it right here. They're never going to get me. Belgium's self-imposed deadline for giving up nuclear power is not far off. Environmentalists look forward to the end of the atomic era. Not everyone thinks the country is ready to change course. The European Union's top court ruled... A couple of weeks ago that Belgium can continue to run two aging nuclear reactors despite breaking European, European Union law by not carrying out the necessary environmental audits. By failing to carry out the assessments before prolonging the life of the two plants, Belgium infringed EU law. But the court said the plants could stay open provisionally. Well, that's provisional radiation they're emitting or not. U.S. nurses may not receive adequate training in how to care for patients during a nuclear event or radiation emergency. Suggested uh, a nationwide survey of nursing schools, reported by Reuters, more than three-fourths of nursing school administrators and faculty who participated said their curriculum included no training or less than one hour of training on nuclear emergency preparedness. That's still more training than the guys who repair the uh, e-scooters get. They watch a 10-minute video. Just, you know, for too much perspective we're looking at how to make sure the american healthcare system is robust and optimized for a disaster event said the lead author of a study in the journal disaster medicine and public health preparedness i read it for the pictures now over to fook what's up at fook it's fooked up Delicate work got underway this month at the crippled Fuch plant to dismantle an unstable exhaust stack that is so highly contaminated by radiation. The task must be done by remote control. From Cuba? No. Initial plans had called for the work to start way back in March, but the project was delayed by a failure, among other things, to confirm design plans that led TEPCO to uh, set up a crane there that wasn't up to the task, according to Asahi Shimbun. The uh, stack was used for the number one and number two reactors. The work is regarded as a crucial phase in the decommissioning of the plant, a task that is projected to take decades and cost billions of yen. When the disaster happened, vapor containing highly radioactive substances was released through the stack. Metal poles used to support the chimney were found to have been damaged following a hydrogen explosion at the number one reactor. Radiation levels around the base of the stack are believed to be still too high for humans to work in, so no, oh, I just let a joke go by there because we're we're in delicate times. So this maddling work must be done by remote control. There are also concerns the chimney could collapse. aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln. The chimney is fine. Tanks storing water contaminated with low-toxicity radioactive tritium at Fuch will be full by the summer of 2022," says the plant operator. Kepco was unsupportive of the idea to replace the existing tanks with larger tanks as a long-term water solution. It's uh, water that was contaminated when it was cooling the plant's cores. Local fishermen and residents support the storage solution, preferring it to any plan that would see water released into the sea out of fear of the potential impact on the fish. A nuclear expert from the IAEA said in 2018 that a controlled discharge of such contaminated water, quote, is something which is applied in many nuclear facilities, so it is not something that is new, unquote. That's reassuring. Thank you for that, IAEA. Nice to know. Clean, cheap, safe. Not that new. Our friend, the Atom... Now, the apologies of the week.
3: We're so sorry.
0: President, <laughs> President Trump said Saturday that North Korea's Kim Jong un wants to meet once again to start negotiations after the joint military exercises end with U.S. and South Korea. He also said Kim apologized for the flurry of recent short range missile tests that has rattled U.S. allies in the region. We don't know if he actually apologized. But, you know, it's the president saying it. So the family of the Gilroy Garlic Festival gunman released a statement this week addressing the shooting. The family of a guy whom I'm not going to name apologized to the families of their son's victims, saying his actions are impossible to reconcile with the son we thought we knew. The family promised their full cooperation with the investigation into his attack on the festival and festival goers. Well, over in Great Britain, there's a former prolific child abuser at the Chelsea Football Club. Is, uh Mr. Heath is his name. He uh, was an adult in a position of responsibility at the club, being informed about an allegation. Sorry, that's Mr. Uh, the manager of the club, is being informed about an allegation in relation to Mr. Heath at the very time of the event's complaint of The complaints were not referred to more senior members of the club, and an opportunity to prevent Heath from going on to abuse others was lost. The club apologized for the neglect, although the coach asked if he offered an apology. said, no, what can I apologize for? Staying with sports, Navy's football coach and players apologized last week after quickly changing a motto for the 2019 season their motto was load the clip <laughs> it was deemed inappropriate and insensitive in a community still recovering from a fatal shooting last year in the capital gazette newsroom only a few miles from the stadium where navy plays ball it was a one-minute meeting said coach Numa, Numatololo. Numa-tolo, sorry during Navy, Navy's uh, Football Media Day, I explained that some people had deemed the motto to be insensitive. Our captains didn't need to hear another word. They immediately said, Coach, let's just change it. We sincerely apologize if it upset anyone, but it was not taken to me- not meant to be taken the way it may have been by some. Again, the motto was, Load the Clip. We understand that it probably wasn't appropriate considering the current climate and certain things that are happening in our society. He's sorry. All those T-shirts have to... The Miami Marlins, sticking with sports, apologized for making light of Steve Irwin's death in a tweet to the Tampa Bay Rays last Sunday. Steve Irwin, the Australian naturalist who was uh, pierced in the heart by a stingray, is what it was. The Marlins said they have addressed the matter internally. That is to say, near the spleen. A man who was mistakenly circumcised in a hospital mix-up has been awarded compensation. Terry Brazier, age 70, went to Leicester Royal Infirmary. This would be in the UK for a bladder procedure known as a cystoc- cystoscopy, but was mistaken for another patient by hospital staff and circumcised. Draw. Take the. Take the. Sharpie, and write your name on your chest, Sir. Please. The hospital apologized and carried out an investigation before confirming it had awarded Brazier a twenty four thousand three hundred dollar payout. He told a uh, British newspaper he was so distracted talking to hospital staff that he didn't notice he was getting the incorrect procedure until it was too late. Turning to the military, the commander of one of the Air Force's two B-52 Stratofortress wings issued an apology to airmen this week after referring to airmen who take their own lives as chicken poop, not the actual word he used, during an event he ordered to focus on suicide prevention within the unit. He reportedly commented that killing yourself is a chicken poop way to go during a more than one-mile resiliency day run with personnel. Let me say that my choice of words was poor said Colonel Michael Miller. I referenced the act of suicide in a manner that was insensitive and inappropriate. He's sorry. Fuji Television Network in Japan has apologized to families of the victims of a July 18 arson attack on a Kyoto animation studio after misquoting a friend of anime director Yasuhiro Takamoto, who died in the blaze as saying, there was no idiot like him during a news program. He actually said there was no genius like him. The misquote dishonored Takamoto and the TV network deeply apologizes for causing so much trouble. The error took place during a live news program and inset in the upper right corner of the screen misquoted his former classmate. Well, idiot genius. A U.S.-born television celebrity in South Korea arrested for methamphetamine uses asking local prosecutors for a one-year prison sentence with a stay of execution Robert Holly, a popular TV personality and family man, well known for his fluency in a regional Korean dialect, broke down in tears and apologized. He addressed his public as his fellow Koreans. All right then. Outback Steakhouse has apologized for asking a family to leave because of noise from the uh, four-year-old son who has childhood apraxia of speech, a disorder in which Sometimes speech muscles muscles don't work normally. One of several prominent scientists known to have associated with Jeffrey Epstein has apologized for his contact with the convicted pedophile, saying he didn't realize the seriousness of the conviction. his conviction at the time. There should have been more conversations about should we be doing this, should we be helping this guy, said George M. Church, his professor of genetics at Harvard. There was just a lot of nerd tunnel vision, unquote. I don't think you can top that, ladies and gentlemen. The Apologies of the Week. It is a copyrighted feature, this broadcast. Well, under normal circumstances, there we are. These are normal circumstances. flames have never reached my belt. I can tell you that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this weekend's edition of the show. The program returns next week at the same time on this dwindling number of radio stations and on your audio device of choice whenever you want it. Alexa, tell Google to say hello. And it'll be just like Google saying hello if you'd agree to join with me then, would you? already? Thank you very much. Uh Uh-huh. Tip of the show, chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Hawaii desk. Thanks, as always, to Pam Halstead and to Thomas Walsh doing yeoman duty here at WWNO New Orleans for helping today's program. The email address for this show, playlist of the music you hear and hear here, and your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts all at harryshare.com. And I'm still tweeting away at the Harry Shearer. All the recorded material you heard here today was made possible by the miracle of compact discs. Which I think don't exist anymore. The show comes to you from Sensory of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network so long from the cauldron of summer the crescent city